Bagger's on a mission And the stakes are getting higher Other teams in the majors Don't have a prayer against the Friars What's going on, folks? Welcome to these Village Times podcasts. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me is Mr. Dominic Stern. What's going on, Dominic? How was your Sunday? Busy college basketball day, but how was your Sunday? Yeah, it was was a good Sunday. I have been very busy, like you mentioned. I do a lot of stuff relating to college basketball. So this past these past couple of weeks have been very busy for me, and it all came to a final. I don't want to say end, but March Madness, the field of sixty-eight got revealed today, and yeah. it was exciting. I was with my co-host for that show. We went live. If anyone wants to check out my college basketball stuff uh, on Twitter, it's at College Bonanza. The C and the B are capitalized. Uh, you can find my stuff there. If you if you need some extra help with your brackets, uh, I've been paying as much attention to that as I have been as the Padres. So oh. as you can imagine, it's been very busy for me, and it's been a lot of fun. So if you yeah. need some college basketball stuff to check out, I highly encourage that because me and my co-host, Nick, we do a lot of great work out here at ASU. For sure. March is, is a busy time for college basketball. Busy time for the spring training as well as, as the Padres are in full effect. Obviously, Dominic wasn't at the game today because the Padres won 10 to 4 against the Reds, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was I was not there. I no, I'm seeing the Rangers in a week and a half on okay. a Thursday night game. So, so if you, odds makers, you've heard it here. If, if you want to, yeah. we're giving you a hot tip right here. The Padres are going to lose next Thursday against Texas. So that's that's well, that's that's the hot scoop right now. Right, Dominic? Yes. Uh, uh, I, I, the odds are in their favor, yes. <laughs> or the odds are against the Padres. Successful day, though, for the Padres in, in the 10-4 win. Uh, they had kind of a scrap, scrappy lineup together, but Darvish threw three scoreless to start the start off the game. Uh, Eggy Rosario had a second home run, kind of a out of nowhere, which is kind of cool. He's not really known for being a huge power guy. Uh, interesting things with the Padres going on. Uh, another interesting thing is that Mason Thompson is working consecutive games and he, they're using him frequently. It seems like they're really, really looking like they're going to use him out of the bullpen uh, early on or in, in 2021. But I guess it, it all remains to be seen, right, Dominic? Yeah, and I said on our Devils Talking Padres podcast that we released, I, by the time this podcast comes out, it would be Sunday night that I think that some right-handed relief pitchers need to step up because some of the guys have not been up to par or up to standards of what they have set to themselves in previous years. So Mason Thompson can certainly be a guy that jumps in in that position. Now, the game I was at last Wednesday, he allowed a home run and he was just allowing hard hits all over the place. So, you know, it, he he hasn't been like fantastic, but he looked a lot better today. Yeah, no, it's it's just interesting that they're using him uh, solely in that relief position and and using him in back to back starts, kind of testing out his health and testing out whether or not his velocity can can handle that. It. It's it, it's it's just 
progression in this minor league system, progression with these young players. It's just awesome to see a lot of these guys get an opportunity. Uh, we will be back shortly. We're going to take a break. Uh, Jeff Sanders is here. He was uh, in at Peoria this weekend, uh, saw the game today against Darvish in person, uh, saw, I believe, uh, Friday's action and Saturday's action as well. So uh, we're going to pick his brain a little bit. Jeff uh, was kind enough to do the shows. Uh, we will be back shortly with uh, Mr. Jeff Sanders. Welcome back, folks, to episode number 141 of the Padres EVT podcast. Happy to have Mr. Jeff Sanders here of the UT. He covers the Padres, been in Peoria the last couple of days. What's going on, Jeff? How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Just uh, kind of waiting for our opening day to come. Can't come soon enough. Yeah, really. It's, it was a trying year. Uh, we talked about that briefly off the air right now uh, on, on a personal level, but just on a professional level, it's been tough just covering this team, right? I mean, it's just been sporadic coverage, if, if, if that. Yeah, you know, you put everything into perspective, you know, a lot, a lot worse things going on, but it's been an interesting Zoom year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all we're all quite uh, quite uh, versed on the Zoom universe now. Uh, let's let's talk about the team today. Uh, you saw Darvish today, three innings, scoreless innings pitched. Give me your 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 immediate thoughts of of him on top of the of the Padres rotation. You know, he really seems to be coming into, into his own. I mean, he was really, really good the last year and a half. He, he just seems like a guy that's in complete control. And, you know, it'd be interesting, you know, we, we've talked about grooming aces and, you know, you know, is Gore going to be that guy someday? And you know what? He, he's got a pretty good template to look at and, yeah. and just the way Darvish goes about his craft. Yeah, he's just one of those quiet kind of goes about in his work and puts in the reps and it's just something that the pitchers feed off of, right? I mean, you've been around this team for a while. It's kind of unlike that the Padres have had really at the top of the rotation, especially with the the just the accolades that he comes with, right? I mean, this is a, a perennial all-star MVP caliber Cy Young Award caliber type pitcher. So it's it's just awesome to see the progression of this team, correct? Yeah, you know, there was a while when, you know, like, is Andrew Kasher going to be this guy? You know, Tyson yeah. Ross had, had his window where he looked like he was, you know, going to be something something special. And, you know, it just it didn't pan out. I think it just – it's hard to become that guy. And right now, Darvish is that guy. And then they have another guy in it named, Blake, you know, Blake Snell. And, you know, there, there's a, a lot of positive things going on right now. For sure. Let's uh, let's stick on today's game. Uh, Ryan Weathers, you tweeted out that he was uh, consistently hitting 97 today. Uh, through three innings, looks like the Padres are going to keep him stretched out, maybe as a possible back-end rotation uh, fixture. But give me your impression of Weathers and, and, and how impressive he's been over the last uh, year or so. You know what? I think the first thing that strikes you, like when you see him now, he is in shape. He, he is slimmed down. I mean, and, and, and he's throwing hard, you know, that's the development that, that kind of came about last year, you know, you know, throwing even harder when he's using these bursts. That's kind of why he got the playoff look last year. He's a guy that can go between both roles with the stuff that he has, you know, we don't really know if there's going to be a, a five or six man rotation. You know, I tend to think it might be wise to start the year with, you know, with six guys, just cause you just don't know what's going to happen with 162 again. Um, you know, so he's a guy that that's in that mix with, with Morion and, and, and Gore. And you want, you wonder if, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that if Gore's here, he's going to be starting, but I think, I think they can go either way with, with Weathers and Morion. And, 
um, you know, kind of like their chances as, you know, fifth or sixth man guys in the rotation or swing guys out of the bullpen that'll help, you know, provide some, some, some innings that are going to be needed, especially in the early goings before pitchers are fully stretched out. And more, more conversation about what's going on recently. And it's been very well documented, the struggle that Tommy Pham's had this spring training, but the past two games, he's finally gotten to, into the hit column and he added another one today on Sunday. Did you notice anything better from him, not only just at the plate, but also in the dugout? Did he seem a little happier? Did he seem like he was, you know, more enjoying baseball? Because I know that he's a very serious guy, but obviously the first couple of games had been frustrating for him. And now, of course, he's breaking out of the slump a little bit. Yeah, I think it was a matter of, you know, he's trying to find the right combination of of contact lenses. I, I don't think anyone, at least on the organization, they weren't stressing it. He had the sense that maybe he'd like it to fall in just to feel a little bit better about himself. I think he, uh, you know, a lot happened today, but I think he scored from second today, kind of slides across home plate, claps his hands. I mean, he was pumped up. Um, you know, I, I think it's a guy that's going to bring a lot of intensity um, to this team. And, you know, if he is starting to, to turn the corner, swing the bat a little bit better, which is probably, you know, seeing the ball a little bit better, which is what the most important thing is right now for him. And Jorge Mateo has been certainly more impressive at the plate statistically than he had been all throughout his career. The strikeouts, he definitely needs to limit. Have you seen anything from him that certainly is pointing towards him uh, avoiding getting cut or waived because he has no options and he either has to make the opening day roster or he will no longer be a Padre? You know, that's a guy that's never been in like a, a big, like I haven't been, he hasn't been on my radar a lot. And the last few days, you, you're noticing the line drives. Um, you play a lot of different positions. Um, he's got some speed. I, I think he's a guy that, you know, if he keeps it up, I mean, it's going to be very hard to leave him off this roster. You know, they like their versatility. And that's a guy that's going to cover you in a lot of different spots. Um, I, know, I know Tingler was happy with what he saw today. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. There's a long ways to go. But, you know, there, there's some some bumps and bruises. Might be helpful to keep a guy around that can, you know, bounce into the infield and the outfield. Yeah. How, how fast is he too? I mean, he's got the nickname of flash, but isn't it impressive seeing him firsthand running the bases and, and tracking down balls? Yeah, he's pretty fast, but you, we do get that a lot. Tatis is pretty fast. Aram's pretty fast. Um, yeah. It would be fun to line them up one day and let them go. Really? Or just look at their, their uh, stat cast numbers over the course of a season. Yeah, yeah. See who see who really is the fastest because this team just does not lack athleticism. That's for sure. Uh, let, let's talk about Adrian Marhone, who you uh, I believe saw yesterday pitch. Give me your impression of him because he really seems to have got the moxie back in his game. He seems to be a different pitcher than we've seen uh, the last two or three years. Is that just because of his maturity with age? What do you think, uh, Jeff? Well, so yeah, I wrote about him. Um... I think it was in today's paper. I, I get the days mixed up, but you know, he is the guy that we've been hearing about since he was 17 years old. And, uh-huh. you know, I mean, that obviously means he's, he's very talented, but that's a, that's a pretty bright spotlight to be on a kid since his 17th birthday. You know, he's actually younger than Mackenzie Gore by a few days. Yeah. Um, he was in the system a full year before, before Gore. you know, he got, kind of pushed up in uh, 2019 kind of to help the bullpen. He never really stayed healthy, kind of inconsistent, especially, especially at the majors, you know, you see the stuff, you see him hit a 98 on the gun. You see, you see the secondaries and then he gets in the, he gets into trouble. The fastball gets a little scatter shot and, and it kind of loses his way. So 
but there's no question about the talent there, right? It's just, it's a matter of, of when is he finally going to arrive? And, exactly. you know, yesterday, you know, he gave up that first pitch home run. And he was absolutely filthy after that. Uh, he got into uh, trouble, worked his way out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, Jason Tingler said yesterday, it was as sharp as he's seen, as he's seen him in the last year since he's been around. And, you know, frankly, for me as well. That, that's awesome. That's what you want to see from more home. Cause that seemed to be his issue in the past, getting through the bumps in the roads that are inevitable when you're your pitcher and getting through those rough innings and, and just mowing them down afterwards. And the maturity is there. We, the stuff is there. It's just the, the, the upside is, is unbelievable. Uh, speaking of upside, how about CJ Abrams, who you had the opportunity to see the last couple of days? What, what was it like seeing him? Uh, the bat speed's pretty phenomenal. The, the the plate recognition, the speed, the athleticism. Uh, give us your, your impression of Mr. Abrams, if you will. You know, uh, he, a um, lot of athleticism, a lot of ability. You know, you expect the speed, you expect um, the bats ball skills, but he kind of, you know, I think I was done – done with a zoom call from, from paddock on, I think it was Friday. And I look up and I hear a crack of the bat. I looked up and there's a ball, you know, going out to left center. I'm like, well, that was DJ Abrams, like left center power, opposite field power on a line. <laughs> AJ Preller was up in the press box later. It was starting to rain. He's like, how about that? How about that swing from CJ? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fernando Tatis is, shortstop for a long time and now there's cj abrams coming it's kind of it's kind of funny how much they struggled to find a shortstop and to have two guys like that in the system at the same time okay. not saying abrams is anything close to, to tatis he's, you know he's got to pay his dues but you know the, the pure ability that and talent and athleticism in this system at, at that position is just it's astonishing where they've been do you think there's any possibility that cj abrams could see the major leagues at 2021 because he's certainly been impressive. He looks like he has the talent to belong there right now, but obviously with the way the Padres roster is constructed, there isn't exactly any room for him right now. You know, you never say never with the, with with this team, the way they think um, everything really is on the table. You can't rule anything out. Um, you know, but it, I don't see him come maybe the second half of the season, maybe if there, if there's an, a need, you know, he could be a guy whose wheels could be useful on a postseason roster. You know, Mateo is in that vein too. So you don't necessarily need that. Um, I would think more toward, um, you know, 2022, but you never know. Yeah. And there's been a lot of talks about Eric Cosmer. He struggled early on. He's had two home runs in the past week. And Jake Cronenworth has been very good. And there's obviously some competition at second base. Is there a possibility that Eric Cosmer could see a little bit less uh, playing time if he doesn't improve the way his spring training goes in the next two weeks. I don't think so. I mean, that's a $144 million guy. Um, right. The veteran it's three weeks into spring training, you know, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I think it would have to be, you'd have to see something pretty drastic in the season. I mean, I think he's the guy on opening day, you know, so long as he's healthy. And then out in center field, Trent Grisham has been hurt a little bit, uh, the timetable for his return seems like he could be coming back in this upcoming week. And do you know what they plan on doing in center field if he ends up not being able to go for the regular season or if uh, if things start acting up again? Um, I, Profar would probably be the number one option. Um, in that sense, you would have maybe Mateo, um, you know, makes the roster and fills in there. 
you know, Tommy Pham was in center field the other day too. I, you know, I think that was more about getting him at bats and seeing what it looks like. I'm not sure he'd be at the top of my list um, to do that, but you know, they, they've got some options. Um, Profar being number one, I would think. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. I think Profar probably is the number one option. I, I think when I look at this roster, that's the only concern that I have is that there's no legitimate backup at center, but I mean, you can make the argument that Profar can position the field or, Field the position fine, and Mateo has got the speed. But have you seen much of him in the outfield to to think that he'll be able to handle center field? Not specifically center field. I mean, I, I thought he did well in, in left field last year. You know, he he came up as a shortstop. He stayed pretty athletic. You know, he's pretty quick. I, I think with more time, he'll look better and better out there um, if, if needed. But I mean, if if Grisham's out for a long time, then maybe you need to rethink that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think they're thinking that. I mean, he, uh, Grisham, the Tingler said after the um, or before the game today, you know, he's doing well. They're going to improve his workload even a little bit more tomorrow. I mean, it still sounds like the weekish is is Good. kind of what the timeline is. Good to hear. Good to hear. You know, you mentioned briefly the the rough time that this franchise had at shortstop. You remember the Alexi Amaristas, the the Freddie Galvezes of the world. How special is it to have Fernando Tatis at, at shortstop and to have him long term now for this this franchise? Wow, I mean, that's just you never have to you know go look and see if you can get Clint Barnes to play. Um, yeah, really. Oh, there you go. I mean, I mean, Clint was great. I don't mean anything by that. Um, I mean great person to deal with. But I mean, that's, it's just a position that you can just not yeah. worry about. And, you yeah. know, that's arguably one of the most important positions. So, you know, it's a good thing to not have to worry about that. For sure. I mean, the left side of the infield between Tatis and Machado, I mean, if San Diego fans are going to be spoiled, I don't think in the history of this franchise, have we ever had such phenomenal talent together on one side of the infield, let alone teammates together. It's, it's, it's a pretty interesting time to be a Padre fan. <laughs> right, Jeff? Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the Jace Tingler era. You've covered the team through Andy Green. Uh, were you here when when Black was was uh, coaching the team? I was. Okay, so you've seen the transition between Black and Green and now Jace Tingler. Give us a little bit about how the dynamics work, how the, how the, how Tingler is, is I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but describe to me how he's different than, than, than what you've seen in the past two managers. You know, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, I spring training last year, yeah. um, you know, around him for you know a few weeks and then the shutdown and it's been nothing but zoom contact with him ever since. So, you know, I think that'd be a question that maybe, you know, answer, you know, more definitively in a year when we've had a chance to be around, um, around him and around in the clubhouse and kind of get, you know, conversations that aren't being, you know, yeah. Don't have media, uh, Padres PR standing over guys' shoulders as they talk. Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. Just, it's hard to know. I can say that I think, you know, Tingler is certainly more sure of himself as he speaks with the media, as he, as he does the, these zoom things, you know, than he was when he started, which is, you know, to be expected. I mean, he, he's a baseball guy. I don't think anybody put, you know, his media savviness as top on, on the charts when he was hired. He was hired to help this team get better and coach this team up. And, you know, you can't argue with the results last year. You also can't argue that he had a lot better, uh, you know, player pool to work with than Andy Green and, yeah. and Paul Black. So I don't know. It's hard to judge, you know, the three of them, three different 
eras, to be honest. For sure. Yeah. The, the little interactions that uh, a media person like yourself and Tingler have is lacking. And it, it is kind of a hard question for you to ask. So I apologize about that. It, it, it's tough to kind of gauge what kind of person he is and what kind of, what kind of things that feed off that he feeds off of when you can't really have these candid moments with him. Um, but you know, 2020, we, we can't complain too much because uh, there are definitely people that are worse off than, than uh, what we're, we're uh, suffering through. Correct. For sure. Um, so let's, let's transition into ownership. Uh, Ron Fowler left the team uh, formally this, this winter. Uh, we're in a Peter Seidler era, uh, a Seidler era, if you will, if you want to count uh, Mr. Tom Seidler as well. Give us your impression of what to expect or give us your impression of, of, of them and, and what to expect uh, in their regime. You know, I'm going to go back to something that I remember um, Peter saying early on when he was, you know, with Fowler. And I don't really differentiate between them just yet. I think I'll need to see more. But, you know, they say, you know, they're going to um, I'm going to get hopefully I don't screw this up. They're going to you know, under promise and over deliver. And, you know, I think they have, I mean, I think, you know, they started to sign guys and I always still thought, you know, the biggest thing would be if they develop a guy, they get a guy and they can keep them. And now they've done that with Tatis and mm-hmm. um, it's hard to be disappointed at all. I think, you know, Padres fans have had every right to, to doubt ownership in the past and to look at them with some skepticism I think they've got the benefit of the doubt moving forward. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's it's a whole new era of, of Padre baseball. I mean, I've been battered by this team for a long time as a fan, and it's just it's kind of surreal to 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 be a Padre fan. I mean, Dominic is very young, and he didn't have as much abuse. <laughs> he can live. A- I I mean, like I, I did have like I mean, I really get to see a playoff game until this past year, and I'd lived. Yeah. <laughs> in 19 years of my life, James. So, I mean, like I did have some. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll give you, I'll give you that. Um, but those fire sales were, were rough in the nineties. That, that, that's for sure. Right. And the, obviously all Potters fans are very thankful for ownership, especially for taking on a lot of money. It's been very proven uh, with, I guess the 2020 raise are like the loan exception you have to pay to win. And there were some rumors, you know, earlier the spring training that the Potters could have taken on some more, some more money and uh, going out and getting Josh Hader, relief pitcher for the Brewers. And uh, there are also some, uh, there are some talks uh, through Potters Twitter that I don't think were any, anything real about Christian Yelich possibly being brought in. I, I like I said, I don't think that was any, anything real. But Crazy did you ever get the sense? Did you ever get the sense that any of that stuff was real, or was it all just smoke? You know, it, it's hard to know what's real and what's not. I think the thing to know and appreciate about AJ Preller is, is he's talking about everybody. I think by the time we hear the rumors, he's on to the next 10 things. So <laughs> it's hard to know when this stuff comes out, when it was more real and when it, when it wasn't, um, you know, if there's a player interested, if, the, if there's a player that can help the Padres, they're having the conversation. You know, I know, I don't really believe that was always the case, especially you know, early on when I started, started covering the team, you know, I remember thinking like I didn't have a whole lot of uh, stuff to do in the off season early on, yeah, really. and, you know, Josh Johnson signings and stuff like that. didn't really take up much of my time. Right. It, it certainly made uh, your coverage at the STUT a lot busier. And it's made our coverage over East Village times a lot busier too. So I guess 
we're all very thankful for AJ Preller and making our jobs entertaining. And I have a question that I've asked just about everyone that's come on here with the exception of the one time that James stole it from me. And it's, who do you think is the Padres ace in the 2021 season? It's going to be Darvish. That's the guy I trust the most right now. I think Lamette can be really good. It's just, I, I want to see it. You know, there was at one point in the offseason, I was still thinking that he was the best guy on staff, you know, at the end of the year, but you know, he's on a delayed, you know, delayed timetable right now. You know, they're slow playing him, which, which I think is the absolute right call. So start to finish guy that's been in the NL, I, I would, I would say Darvish. Yeah. And I'll, I'll stay on the Lament topic. Cause you kind of brought it up. Uh, they are slow playing him. Do you have any idea when he could make his spring training debut? And if you think that he could make a start or I guess they're not starting AAA, but start off at the, uh, the alternate site and work his way up before coming up and pitching for the Padres and starting in the major leagues. Um, I think he's going to do another backfield, you know, live batting practice the next time out, there might be a bullpen before that. I think it's supposed to go two innings. You know, I asked, I actually put Tingler on the spot the other day and said, Hey, can, can we officially rule him out? of being part of the first turn through the rotation and he won't do that. And I, and I understand that you uh, never want to shortchange a guy, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is he threw one inning on Saturday and Adrian Morion, Darvish, um, they, you know, they're going three innings. Paddock went three innings. I don't see any, what I don't see how you get him up, up to speed. I mean, unless you are just willing to start him going in two and three inning bursts at the beginning, which I guess isn't out of the question, but you know, I could see him starting at the alternate site and building up, you know, may, maybe the second or third week of April is when we see him. Maybe that's just my speculation that right now we do, we do need to see him get into a cactus league game before we can have a, a, a good idea of what a competitive at bat looks like against him right now and how that arm holds up. Do you get a sense that the, the, the franchise or the organization is a little concerned about his arm? Well, obviously they are concerned, but do you, are you getting any, any feedback or anybody giving you any indication that, uh, that he's just not right. No, no. I mean, he, he looked fine. He came off the mound yesterday in the backfield. I guess I forgot to tweet out some of the video, but uh, he, uh, you know, he's all smiles, hugged the catcher. I mean, everything's coming out fine. I mean, it's it doesn't look as crisp as it did when he was, you know, at, at his best. Um, yeah, at least yeah. what I saw yes yesterday. But that's that's to be expected. That's spring training. You know, yeah, exactly. Darvish today wasn't as crisp as the first time out. It's just gonna, you know, it's just gonna happen from time to time. For sure. That's good to hear, though. Good to hear that he's progressing and that he's uh, he's happy and content with the way his arm feels. And that's what's most important. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. A uh, couple more questions before we get get you out of here. Uh, how excited are you to get out to Lake Elsinore, man? We, we missed the whole season last year. Uh, it's always fun to get out to, to Storm and, and see the uh, to the Diamond and see, and see baseball. Uh, anything in particular looking forward to seeing this year from the uh, Lake Elsinore Storm? Uh, the low A Lake Elsinore storm. Yeah, the low A Lake Elsinore storm. <laughs> the whole minor league season is going to be weird. Yeah, I am looking forward to getting out there. Um, I, you know, I assume we're not going to be able to talk to players in person. You know, uh, you know, it'd be nice to take in a game there and see what it's like, and then, you know, ask somebody to to zoom with me. I guess would be <laughs> the hey, protocol. Well, that's going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know what? You know, it'd be nice to get out there. I don't know if I'll get out there as much. I mean. You know, when I started focusing on the minor leagues before, uh, 
there wasn't much going on at the major league level. So exactly, <laughs> and all the stars were were, were in in the minors, right? I mean, all the Tatises and the Gores and the Lucases and the Lowers were all down in the minors at the time. That's right, and they they jumped Tatis over Elsinore. Yes, so. they did. They did that to us. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, give me your favorite player to cover over the years, uh, either professional or minor leagues. Just just kind of a fun question. Is, is there a particular player that you just loved talking to, or, or just give you a good vibe, if you will? I'm going to go with a manager. Back when I was coming up. Um, covering the Lancaster Jethawks. I think it was one of the, the last, tra- you know, traveling beat writers in the California league. And uh, my second year doing that, um, the manager was Wally Backman. And that guy oh, kept wow. you on your toes. Um, he, you know, he liked, he liked to make a show of his arguments with the umpires. <laughs> <laughs> he made it a lot of fun. There was a lot of interesting things to write about, about an A-ball team in, uh, you know, Los Angeles County. Awesome. Backman, former Met, right? 86, uh, amazing Met. Uh, I think he played second base or? Yeah, second base. Um, I remember one time he tore his hamstring leaping out of the dugout to argue with the umpire. (laughs) Call it first base. He'd empty, you know, the bat bags onto the field, you know, making a show of it. It was fun. Good. That's good stuff. When, you, when it's minor league baseball, you got to find everything you can to write about, right? Even if it's a, a manager putting on a show for the fans. That's right. He And he got hired right from there to, to the Diamondbacks. Um, one of the shortest managerial stints you've ever, uh, you ever heard of. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, last question before we get you out of here. I got one more for you. Is there a particular prospect uh, that you're excited to see that's not named Gore or Abrams? Maybe someone not, not flying, kind of flying under the radar, if you will. Well, he's not flying under the radar anymore, but Josh Mears looks like oh, yeah. a man among boys, even though he's with men. He just he just looks like he could be a physical monster. I know he got a hold of that ball the other day that everyone heard about. I mean, he's been generally though overmatched in these games, but you know, he's a guy that played rookie ball and then lost all of last year. And so it'll be interesting to see where he is, what you know, this exposure, um, where it lines him up, you know, for his development and in 2021 and kind of where, where he ends up, you know, I don't know if it's going to be low a high a, you know, somewhere around there though. Yeah. What, what a, what a horrible problem. The Padres have another, another young phenom coming up through the system, right? Right. For sure. <laughs> Poor Padres. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much. This is Jeff Sanders of the UT covers the Padres. Does it well in and out of the minor leagues as well. Fantastic stuff, Jeff. You were a little reluctant to come on podcast, but you, you are great, man. I appreciate the, the information and, and I'm sure the fans do as well. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you so much, Jeff. Have a great one. Welcome back to episode 141 of the Padres East Village Times podcast. That was James and I's conversation with Jeff Sanders from the San Diego Union Tribune, Padres beat writer. That, that was a lot of information. He was certainly different than the rest of our, our guests, at least the last two times yeah. with, uh, in terms of answer length, which, you know, we appreciate because we get in a ton of more questions and he's providing more information. So the differences are great. Uh, we truly appreciate Jeff's time and we got a lot of questions. We got a lot of great answers from him, James. Yeah. Cause good stuff, man. He was, he, he was a little shy about doing the the podcast. I've been, been asking him the last couple of years. He didn't really want to do it at first and then kind of twisted his arm a little bit. And he said, well, okay, I'll do it. And 
he didn't want to do it in the winter. He wanted to do it more towards uh, spring training when he when he felt he had some relevant information. And, you know, he's a great writer. He covers his team from top to bottom, minor leagues all the way to the to, to the major leagues. Been out to the, the farm systems. Uh, it's just it's great to have him on the show and kind of get his uh, view of this team and give us some information on Lamette and stuff like that. Stuff that you know that uh, we really didn't know yet. It's 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 great to hear that Lamette's doing well. That's that's something that I've been uh, a little concerned about. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's been a concern that he hasn't gone out on the mound and pitched in front of the fans, but it's been pretty well noted that he's been doing work and he's been working himself up to be able to pitch in those games. And I'm very confident that he'll be ready to go, maybe not on opening day, but shortly thereafter, maybe miss one or two starts, which in the long run is a good thing because the Potters want him to be ready for October, not to be starting on opening day. I think that's what fans need to tell themselves because – you want him to not only be, I mean, not only available for this October, but hopefully for October's in the future, because Lamette is certainly a big part of what the Potters are building right now. Yeah. Thank God this team has depth, though. I mean, bet- between the, the existing pitchers and, and Paddock, Musgrove, Darvish, and, and Snell, to Morahone, Gore, and Weathers on, on the, the young 22-year-old, 21-year-old left-handers that are, that, are, that are able to step in if a catastrophe happens. So the Padres have done well to, to put some depth on this team, and, and it's exciting. We, we just really can't wait for this 2021 season, which which is, what gosh, we're two weeks, three weeks away, Dominic. It's it's going to be fun. Two, just over, just two weeks from, because, yeah. uh, I mean, a week is seven days, and yeah, so we're so two and a half we're two and a half weeks because you got to you gotta, you gotta think that Denelson Lamette's going to start the season in the alternate site, just based upon the fact that there's just not enough time for him to get his innings up or, or you wouldn't think it, it there's enough time. Uh, I guess that remains to be seen. I, I don't know, Dominic. Uh, I think that was a pretty relevant question you asked Jeff and he was honest about it, but we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Only time will tell. Right. Right. And I mean, like I said, you, you got to play it safe. You got to be smart. These games in the first week, they matter just as much as the games yes. in September. That I, That's what people need to understand. The games don't carry any more weight at the end of the season than they do right now. It, yeah. it, every game matters the same. Now, I mean, like, realistically speaking, the game against the Dodgers will matter more than the games against every other team because the Potters are probably going to be their biggest competition in terms of the division. But you have to play the long game because if you try and rush him in so he only misses one start and then all of a sudden he gets hurt in August, well, then all of a sudden you're missing 10 starts to end the year as opposed to him missing three or four to start the season. So it's a numbers game. I don't know. Well, I don't know what's best for him because I'm not there. I'm not talking to him every day. I'm not an expert when it comes to health, but yeah, you know, I, I did pitch in high school. I mean, I've had, I've been tried, I've been rushed back before and it didn't work out. Like it, it happens. You don't want to be. You don't want to rush it back. You want to be smart with it. Yeah, and and you make the point that you want him to be healthy when playoff time comes. You want him to be at his best when playoff time comes. You don't want to rat, run him ragged, throw him out there for 180 innings pitched, and then come playoff time, his arms tired or dead or or his elbows hurting. So this team has enough depth where they can let someone who's a little banged up kind of take their time to get back on the mound and do it right. So we just hope that they don't rush them back. We don't want to uh, rush back a pitcher with an, a potential injury in, injury risk. So um, it, it's just, it's again, it's just refreshing to have the depth on this team. Uh, Adrian Morhone is just really impressing me though. 
let's talk a little bit about about him and the growth that we've seen from him uh, this spring. Well, I think the command issues are still there. Obviously, yeah. that's that's the biggest concern with him because the stuff is not the question. And I mean, when it comes to him, it's been it's been impressive. I I think impressive is the good word to say. I think you're still seeing the areas where he's going to have flaws, which is the command, but you're, you're also seeing the stuff and like, you can see his potential there. You can see why is your probably how long to him, but traded away a couple of other guys. And I think there's a legit possibility that he could be that fifth starter. If Denelson Lament is not ready to go when the season comes around and for Marejon, it's, it's all about command. Cause when he throws strikes and he makes the guys put the ball in play, He's going to be good. Now, seven innings pitch. He's got 10 strikeouts. He's got a 1.71 whip. You want to lower that whip, but the 2.57 ERA, that, that, that's the stat that really matters. How many runs are you allowing? Because obviously the more runners you allow, it's not going to be good, but needs to clean up the walks a little bit. Um, trying I mean, to find six walks and yeah, six walks and seven innings. Like, yeah, like you said, he's not polished, but you can yeah, see, polished you can see where the you can exactly. see where the potential is, and that, that's what really matters. Exactly. You you can't look at the ineffectiveness on a young player like this. You got to look at the positives of them. And between Morrow, Weathers, and Gore, it's just talent is just coming out of the Padres' ears right now. And it's it's a great thing. Uh, I would imagine that all three of those lefties will be a part of the of the team this year, part of the roster. Uh, if they can find enough flexibility, because this this 40-man roster is already topped off with talent. So uh, AJ Pro is going to have to be creative. Um, we'll have to wait and see what, what he does to possibly get these guys on the 40 man and possibly get them in, into the, into the 26 man roster. Uh, it, it's <laughs> competitive teams have this problem and that's the problem Padres have. And it's not a bad thing. It is a good thing, folks. It is a really a good thing. Right. You can never have too much depth and we're already seeing it. Yeah. And did we also bring up the Austin Nola injury with Jeff? No, we did not bring up Nola at all. That was a that was a, a brain fart on our on our part. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's let's brainstorm that real quick before we get out of here. Looks like Whoa. he's gonna be iffy for the season. It looks like Camposano's gonna be possibly making right. this making the team out of the spring. Uh, do you expect to see Camposano sharing playing time with Carantini, or do you think Carantini gets the majority of the playing time? Uh, how, how do you, how do you view it? I mean, I think it's probably, you know, like a normal catcher situation where one guy gets the majority and the other guy gets, you know, his, his days off. And especially with Caratini being Darvish's guy, you're going to see him starting all five of those starts. And it's going to be, how are you going to mix and match Campusano mm-hmm. to catch other guys that he feels more comfortable with? Like maybe some of the minor, the younger minor league players that yeah. you've seen in the minor leagues, like I maybe Gore, Murray home, guys yeah. like that. I think a you lot of, see, a lot a lot of their batting is going to be based upon their their uh, who they're facing too. Camposano is is not going to be effective against right-handed pitchers who spin the ball. Uh, they're going to want to probably get him in there against left-handed spot starts here and there. Carantini's a switch hitter, so that that helps in that department. So th- there's there's options for this team for sure. Right, uh, and there's options. There's depth. That's what we've talked about. That's why it wasn't a huge concern when he went down. Obviously, that's not ideal. But and then it's also just like looking back at the trade deadline for last year, the trades, you know, I mean, obviously, like judging this null trade right now is not looking is not a good idea to judge it like fully. But I mean, Clevenger got hurt. Nola's hurt. Greg Allen got DFA'd. 
Alta Vila is getting crushed in spring training right now. And then uh, Moreland got Moreland didn't pick up his option. Rosenthal's gone. So a lot of the trades you're you're not seeing as much of a return as you would have liked to see, which is of course part of trading away your prospects and such, but that it's another domino that's falling in the options that AJ Preller has given up. Yeah. The depth is, is just going to be the key for this franchise. And the minor league depth is also going to be key because they have the ability to, to pull a trade if they have to, if, if they want a particular player and <clears throat> the Siders have already shown their ability to, to pay a little bit payroll if it's ne- if it's needed, this team can go out and, and be able to survive an injury at a, at a specific position based upon trade. So it's, it's going to be fun. This is, this is a, a pivotal year for this franchise. It's uh, an awakening for this franchise and, and kind of a coming out party because this team is going to be in contention for a while. When you sign Fernando Tatis to a 14 year contract, uh, was it two years after signing Machado to a 10 year contract? You intend to win, you intend to compete. And the 2020s are going to be fantastic if you are a San Diego Padre fan. Right. And like we mentioned, all praise goes to the owners, Peter Seidler and I guess Ron Fowler too, yes, the San Diego definitely. Padres for what they've done, bringing a winning team to San Diego. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt they deserve a lot of praise for that. I mean, this ownership's been in flux so many times here in San Diego. It's nice to have that stability. It's nice to have uh, a team that's going for it, a team that that understands the economics of baseball, that you need to spend money in order to make money. Uh, We have a rejuvenated fan base. There's Friar fans that were never even Friar fans before, and and that's a good thing. It really is a good thing. And James, it's not even the economics of baseball. It's the economics of life. You got to spend money to make money. Like you can't just expect money to well, fall in your lap. Unfortunately, our old ownership kind of just did that. They kind of just went out and said, well, we're a professional baseball team. People should come pay to watch us. And that's just not how it works. <laughs> they don't want to watch number eight hitters one through eight in the lineup. It just, that's just not fun to watch. It's just, it's not. Um, yeah. I don't know. Great show, man. Jeff was, was awesome with the information. Uh, we ran a little bit short on time, but I think we, I think that's more uh, along the lines that we've just been going over our, in our, in our last couple podcasts with just so much information. Uh, nice change of pace today. Uh, Jeff Sanders did well. I, I hope to have him on during the season. Uh, fantastic episode. Dominic, I think you can take us out of here. I don't think there's anything else we need to discuss uh, before we, uh, before we uh, talk next week. No, I think we're good. And this has been episode 141 of the Padres East Village Times podcast. Make sure to follow James and I on Twitter to see all of our content. Uh, I'm at DMster19. He is at EVT underscore J Clark. And then Jeff Sanders. His Twitter is at SDUT Sanders. And the S in Sanders, the start Sanders is capitalized. You can find him there. Tweets a lot of good stuff about the Padres and he retweets a bunch of the UT stuff that they write about the Padres too. So you can find just about anything that they post because they get the best access to anything Padres related. And then follow us at EVT underscore news on Twitter for all of our updates for East Village Times, Padres stuff coming out more regularly now. And then of course you have Aztecs coverage as they did make the field of 68 as a six seed. Uh, Make sure to follow us there. So you see all that content because that's been exciting. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the East Village Times podcast. Stay tuned for later this week for another episode. And James and I will catch you all later.
Go Padres.